Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Happy New Year and welcome in. This is our first show of Fantasy Sports Today in 2020. We dive into the NFL playoff games this weekend. Some college football news and baseball. We kick it all around as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today for January 2nd, 2020 here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Craig Miss Joe Pizzapia with you here as always. Sean Guastamacchia producing the show as we dive into everything going on in the world of sports, world of fantasy sports. For those of you who have any questions or comments, hit us up on Twitter at Craig Mish at Joe Pizzapia 17. And Joe, uh, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. I hope you had a good New Year's Day off. Anything exciting with the family happening? Anything out of the uh, Actually, I got a day off. I mean, sort of. I still had uh, up to podcasts to do, but that was like the most off I get it was yesterday, which was great. I binged watch a couple shows. I told you I'm into The Witcher, which I know means nothing to you. It's fun. It's silly. It's a good time. It feel like fantasy kind of stuff. Uh, good fighting, too. Everyone knows I'm a sword fighting fellow. Um, but yeah, it was it was very nice to almost have like a little inhale and exhale to 2019 and turn the page to 2020. And with that, we had the release of the Fantasy Baseball Black Book 2020, which, by the way, not only did we release it on the 31st, but we hit number one on that debut in fantasy sports on Amazon again. So the streak is alive. Ten straight years in baseball. That's 16 straight books overall that hit number one in fantasy sports on the debut day. So very excited about that, and I want to thank my team of Paul Spore and Nate Dawkin, Eric Cross, Welsh, and, and Alex Chamberlain. Got a great group of people, and there's many more in there too, Matt Modica, uh, and it's a great group of people. If you're looking to start and turn the page over to baseball season from football, it all begins there, and uh, very proud of my team. It's a group effort over there. Well, I'll look forward to getting that in the mail. Uh, mail is back today, so I'll go to the mailbox around uh, 2 o'clock and not going to be there today. Not going to be there. I did another update to it real quick, and then I'm sending them all out today. Oh, it takes you three liar. To five business you days. liar. You said you sent it. I did want to say I had a couple things to fix because, you know, I'm a perfectionist, Craig. That's that's the thing. I'm a perfectionist. Okay. And there was that's one or two things done. that I saw. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tweak this because I can't send it to Craig if unless it's perfect. And I wanted it to be as perfect as it could be. So sending them out today. So three to five days. So you'll have it sometime next week. You'll okay. have it in the middle of the week there. All right, there you go. There's there you the, show, go. the show go update made made the book. Happy to hear that. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, we, we start off, unfortunately, with some kind of sad news in sports, and it's just kind of weird how things work where when we lose someone in the world of sports, it, everyone uh, says, you know, they lo- you lose people in threes, and boy, it, it does certainly seem to, to kind of go that way sometimes. It does, right? And, and unfortunately, we lost two uh, what I would call prominent members of sports. Uh, David Stern, the commissioner, of the NBA who really, you know, put the NBA on his back and took it to where it is now. There's no question about that, that he was responsible 
for really making the NBA what it is today, the popularity and and uh, and how much it grew in the matter of uh, 20, 30 years. And um, and also I would put in that category, the only uh, player to pitch a perfect game in the uh, World Series, Don Larson, uh, formerly of the New York Yankees. He and David Cohn and uh, David Wells had those iconic uh, perfect games for the Yankees. And I had a chance to meet Don Larson uh, here in, in Fort Lauderdale, where I am, for many, many years as he participated in the Yankees fantasy camps. But uh, certainly never want to have that on the first, but I thought that we should at least start off with those two uh, on the show today, Joe, because they do definitely transcend sports. No question about that. No, absolutely. Uh, again, it's amazing, too. And only in sports can you have one magical day and be remembered forever. And Don Larson had that. And what was the golden age of baseball, that 50s and 60s, that era of baseball is the golden age. And, uh, you know, you go look at the rest of Don Larson's career. You know, he pitched for 14 years of the major leagues, but he was, you know, he bounced back and forth between the rotation, made a bunch of starts for the Yankees, worked out of the bullpen for some other teams. Um, but really, it was just that one magical day and that golden age of baseball, which in my opinion, it's it's that era. It's when baseball was integrated and you had that influx of players from the Negro Leagues, the Jackie Robinsons of the world, and you had the Mickey Mantles of the world and all those guys all playing at the same time. But we also lived through the golden age of the NBA, which is large in part to what David Stern was able to do in terms of making the media deals, in terms of that Sunday NBA doubleheader, in terms of making the NBA draft such a thing, the lottery, the the incredible marketing genius that was the NBA in the 80s into the 90s. And we lived through the golden age of the NBA, which was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson into the Jordan era. You had the Pistons, you had all these amazing talents like Barkley and Malone and Stockton and a lot of that, I think, that growth and the accessibility of the NBA, NBA was because of David Stern and his team of people and what they were able to do because people forget the NBA was a distant, distant third, maybe even fourth at the time where he took over. And uh, a lot of people can argue it's number two right now. And I think that's part of his legacy, I would say, don't you think? Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, some of the things that happened in uh, in baseball also happened in basketball where uh, a lot of you looking back on the history of the NBA is not being able to watch your favorite players. And then the invention of the uh, slam dunk contest and the three point right, contest one, and all of those all star. I mean, you had a chance to see the players play. Those are the only times because you didn't have the uh, the pass, the league pass where you could watch all of the games. And so with that, uh, there's no doubt that the NBA is more popular now, maybe even than it was then. But David Stern is, is certainly responsible for that. And, and you mentioned in terms of Don Larson, there's no doubt that that uh, is the one game that will live forever. No question about that. And uh, a Yankees legend for that one performance, um, which goes down forever. I, I have some uh, pictures signed by Don Larson, by the way. That do you really? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's fun. I, you know, it's it, I was just thinking about this last night. I was watching the NFL 100s were on before I went to bed. You know, they they did that 100 greatest players list. And I was thinking about how. I feel like we've lived through the golden age of football because I do believe the nineties was that golden age of football, the where everything kind of like the league just kind of took off and the golden age of basketball was like the eighties into the nineties, but we kind of missed the, the golden age of baseball. I still think that's the sixties and the late fifties. Would you agree with that? Like that, that heartbeat before the giant expansion of major league baseball, that that was like the greatest time of baseball. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. The eighties baseball was number one too. So I loved eighties. I grew eighties baseball is my favorite thing in the whole universe. Not just the mustaches, but the style of play and, and how teams hated each other. And the well, I think, I think and, the eighties were there too. I mean, when you talk about the eighties, a, a big part of that, of course, is collecting baseball cards. And, and when oh, you go back in your yet. mind, when you go back in your mind's eye, I mean, certainly some people did collect football cards in the eighties, but no one says, Oh, I collected my old football cards. Everyone says it's always baseball. Um, so I, I, I think that we're living the golden age of the NFL right now, but I do think that, uh, that for baseball, yeah, that, that period of time for sure. 
but I think the eighties as well, you had some of the most iconic moments in the history of baseball happen in the eighties too. So a um, little bit later today, Joe, and perhaps imminently uh, to attack of is going to make his NFL draft decision. Uh, it's so funny, this world of Twitter where everyone just tries to be right as opposed to, or first as opposed to be right. It's like you have half the people <laughs> saying he's coming back. You have half the people say he's leaving and he'll finally announce today. And, and I, and I think Joe, that you can't really blame him either way. On the one hand, I think what the first thing that you would say is that uh, you wouldn't blame him for going back because he loves school. He loves playing at Alabama. And he could be the number one overall pick in the draft if he decided to stay another season and be healthy. And then on the flip side, Joe, you would say, well, (laughs) he could also get hurt. And who knows what could happen there at Alabama. And Mac Jones has played very well for them, played very well in the bowl game. And they had the number one five-star recruit quarterback go there too. Yeah, you could see it either way. I could go either way with this. Either way, he's going to be... A top 10, top 15 pick in the draft. It just comes down to a insurance decision, a monetarily decision. Take the money and a big incentive-laden deal if you believe in yourself because all the downside of coming back to college and getting hurt or not being as good, you could lose so much more money. Don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Just go take whatever money you can get. Go prove yourself in the NFL. Go take an incentive-laden deal where you can make a lot more if you perform and figure it out. And I think that's the solution to all of those problems right here. Yeah, and, and look, the Dolphins still would be very interested in him. If he went down to the fifth pick, there's no reason why he shouldn't. He's not going to participate in the Senior Bowl. He's not going to participate in any of the offseason camps. Nothing. I mean, he's not going to even be throwing on the field until, I think they said, March or April. So, um, you know, probably won't even do anything until going into camp, but very easy to just sit out a year, which is what I anticipate him doing if he goes to the NFL. Hey, Mahomes sat out a year, too. More not because of injury, yeah. but I mean, it's not, you know, like it's not, that's what used to happen. You used to hold the clipboard for a year. Nobody True. threw you to the wolves. Yeah. It's only now in the re- last five, in the Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson era that we've gotten a lot more of these guys who have come in and started right away. And most of them have had pretty decent success. But I mean, it, it's it's crazy to think that guy can't be drafted and sit there for a year and heal up and get ready and, and then come and be the guy we all thought he would be coming into this season. Yeah, it makes sense. But again, his decision, we'll find out later today. All right, a uh, quick timeout here on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming back next, it is the opening drive here on the show. Happy New Year. We'll be back right after this. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this network can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. First, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then make a deposit and place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. And welcome back. This is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia here with you. A couple of college football games left in the bowl slate couple today one tomorrow they'll even stretch it into the weekend and then we got the national championship game coming up we got the nfl playoffs to preview as well but joe before we do that let's start off with the most perhaps interesting story which is the cleveland browns who while we were gone let go of their general manager john dorsey who seems to be pretty well thought of of course they fired their coach at freddie kitchens and paul d podesta of moneyball fame appears to be at least in some control of the Cleveland Browns at this point, 
Joe, they seem to be leaning on him to make the decision who becomes the general manager. And then if that, at that point, that person would hire the, the uh, coach of the team. So dare I say that one of the guys who led baseball for a long time in terms of power has that kind of power now in the NFL, something you do not see very often. Yeah, it's it's a little odd. I mean, they they were kind of first to this whole analytic format, bringing in De Podesta. And I remember when he had a short stint with the Mets, too. Didn't go all that great. Um, but it's it, I thought the Dorsey firing was kind of weird. He's only been there two years. And I think he's drafted pretty well. He got you Mayfield. He got you Chubb. He got you Odell Beckham. He got you Jarvis Landry. He got you Kareem Hunt. He brought in a ton of pieces. Miles Garrett was yeah, in Garrett his first is. draft class. I don't understand the Dorsey firing. I really don't. I can only imagine it came down to a situation of, you know, these are the we want to tell you who the new coach is going to be. And he said, no, I want to pick the coach. And that, to me, can only be the the reason. Now, I know some of the names are bandied about here, the McCarthy's of the world. I don't think they can get Wolf out of retirement to be GM. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but it could very well also be a Josh McDaniel situation, which I don't know if that would be the best thing or the worst thing in the world for Baker Mayfield. I can't tell. I think that would either be another boom or bust scenario, but it is kind of weird that all of a sudden now all everything kind of just fell on the lap of the analytics guy who came from baseball and not football in the first place. And if I was a Browns fan, I would be very, very annoyed because I actually think Dorsey did a pretty good job. You handed him a situation last year with a terrible head coach. He got out from that situation. He felt a lot of public pressure because Kitchens had good play calling to be the coach. He hired him as the coach, which everybody wanted. Now nobody wanted him by the end of this year. And it's kind of funny how a year changes things. But I don't look at that being Dorsey's fault, except for the fact that he should have said, no, you know what? We need to go out there and get a real head coach. None of this. This guy had a good run kind of nonsense. That was a failure, but I don't think it was a failure that should have cost him his job. Yeah, and in the Browns at this point, it, it kind of feels like starting over yet again, which is, uh, you know, honestly a nightmare. It's not something that you want to see, but don't know uh, really what choice they have at this point with firing their GM. This is kind of where they are at. Um, all right, so uh, last night was the Rose Bowl, and uh, a couple of exciting games in college football for sure yesterday. Oregon uh, 28, Wisconsin 27, Minnesota beat Auburn, Alabama rolled over Michigan. And then Baylor just laid an egg last night against Georgia. They just didn't show up at all. And then their quarterback got hurt late, so that kind of ended things. But uh, Oregon wins 28-27. The big story is that uh, that Josh Herbert wins the uh, MVP of the Rose Bowl, which has been the same story, I think, throughout uh, Herbert's career. Supremely overrated. <laughs> wins the MVP with 138 passing yards, no touchdowns, one interception. That's the last game that, that, that Herbert is going to be playing in the NFL. Now, I understand it, Joe, and I get it, because in this day and age of the NFL, it is all about the quarterback. It starts and ends with the quarterback. And so everyone is clamoring for it. Uh, we saw it with Josh Allen, Trubisky, Darnold. It like doesn't matter. Like you, uh, uh, Jordan Love, these guys are going to get taken high no matter what we say or what we do. Someone is going to fall in love with Josh Herbert. And I got to tell you, that team, I think, is going to make a mistake in 2020 because I think this is, this kid could be good, but he is no sure thing to me going into the NFL. Winning the MVP of this game and not even throwing a touchdown, 138 yards, they scored 28 points. What does that tell you? Yeah, well, look, we know a lot of college has to do with the offense you're into and, and all that. And sometimes we see players that have great talents and they don't always get utilized properly in the offenses and, and vice versa. Guys who have mediocre talents, but the offenses and the systems prop them up and the players around them. 
And we've seen that happen as well as some of the better schools like the Alabamas of the world. So I think your assessment spot on there um, in terms of in terms of Herbert and some team will take a shot on him and see if it's a project that they can make something work. But it just feels like, you know, another one of these guys that was a college quarterback and probably won't convert to the NFL very well. But I did enjoy the very end of that game where they show that snapshot of him and his brother wearing the Joey Harrington jerseys as kids. And then the flip shot of uh, Joey Harrington's kids wearing Herbert jerseys. Did you see that? I thought that no, was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the end. I thought that was very cool. You're like, oh, look at that. Look at life coming around full circle. Pretty neat. Yeah, I, I would be worried um, about taking him in the draft. Now, you, you could develop in a year or two for sure. And you never know. But I mean, Herbert had five starting offensive linemen three straight years in a row. Three straight years in a row in college play for him. And, and his numbers were okay, but... You know, certainly, you know, people are going to fall in love with him and you're going to look. You have to have a hot take these days and say he's going to be great and he's going to be phenomenal. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a hot take that he's going to be great. I mean, the only, I the only one Jerry, seen, Judy's going to be great. I watched him play I'm, yesterday. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> but but in terms of quarterback Burrow, I mean, too, also. But Burrow is the only one, I think. See, right Burrow, now. I see as being great. And I, I watched a lot of Joe Burrow this year. I didn't watch a lot of college football, but I seem to see a lot of Joe Burrow and everything I watch. And look, granted, he's got a lot of weapons. He's got a good line. He's got a good. Everything is right for him. But I don't know, man. I just watched him and I just. I, I don't see how he fails. I, I think that's absolutely a guy that you know you could be your franchise quarterback for the next decade. Now, what level he reaches, I don't know. But in terms of I feel really good about taking him one overall, I, I feel really good about taking him one overall on the Bengals. Yeah, he reminds me of Luck. He reminds me of Andrew Luck a lot. Can run, can throw a little bit. Yeah. I, still like, I still like Trevor Lawrence better, but... Uh, I can but, understand that. But I, I understand think, why. But I think Burrow um, is the only quarterback outside of Tua, if Tua comes out. But uh, Burrow is the only one that I would say is guaranteed to perform like Josh Allen, to perform like uh, Kyler Murray. Like that's like they're they're not. I don't see anybody else in this uh, in this draft like that. Um, New Year's Eve came and went for Joe and I. Um, we could have went to Kathy Griffin's wedding. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, who gets married not only on New Year's Eve but doesn't tell anybody about it? Joe, what a strange story here, but kind of fits the mold of Kathy Griffin, I guess. Um, she was, uh, you know, with her, I guess, uh, you know, boyfriend or fiance for a long period of time. I think almost a decade. And then on New Year's Eve, she decides to uh, tie the knot in surprise. Who does that? Yeah, you know, good for her. You know, a lot of too many celebrities do things just because they want uh, people to talk about them. And I think it's nice that she just got married, and then told everybody afterwards. And it looks like Lily Tomlin did the ceremony, which must have been pretty hilarious. So there you go. That's fun. I mean, she's had a rough couple years. Uh, you know, and uh, I, you know, Kathy Griffin's made me laugh in the past. I don't think she's always funny, but she's definitely made me laugh in the past. I can understand why people don't like her. That's for damn sure. Uh, but I kind of felt like this is it. If this is you and you're happy about it and you want to have a little uh, wedding after you've been with somebody for a long time, I don't know. I didn't get any proposals on New Year's. That's all I know. All right, so I'm sorry, I'm, sorry I'm still single there. Sorry, sorry. Don't swipe, worry, ladies. I'm still on the market. Uh, all of swipe, this can be swipe yours. left, swipe right. You know. Oh that's man, that stuff is crazy. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious <laughs> yeah. alright uh, fourth down let's hit it uh, Lamar Odom it's been a tough tough uh, road for him uh, and and I guess somehow his uh, his championship rings Joe were up for sale they're saying that he could get $50,000 per ring that doesn't seem like a lot it must be hard times for Lamar Odom yeah I mean the Kardashians have ruined a lot of men's lives uh, and, and a lot of people's lives, just generally speaking, I think uh, we could definitely look at that as a, as a negative. It's it's always sad to me 
when an athlete is selling and auctioning off their rings yeah. for championships. Well, not, I, not, I not when they're older. I, I'm sad for it when they're younger. When they're older, I totally get it. Like, they want to... Again, some of these guys They'd rather set in, up their family. Exactly. In, in, well, think about it. You played in the '60s and the '70s. That maybe I in the '80s, mm-hmm. and, and now you have a family, you have grandkids, and you're like, what will they appreciate more? Being able to go to college or this trophy? You know, I get that. But guys who played in the '90s, like Lamar Odom, who's the, how about the, the forget the '90s with the thousands? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, he played in the thousands. You know, he's too. not that old, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's sad. It's definitely sad. Beautiful rings, though. By the way, I don't know if you see the. Oh the yeah, pictures. yeah. Oh my gosh. Woo, man. That. That one on the side there, the two is is that's a hot ring right there. But um, yeah, it's it's sad again. The Kardashians stay away from the Kardashians. I feel like the Kardashians are less of a thing now than they were a decade ago. I don't think I so. I think they're more of a thing. You think they're more? I know there's more of them, but I don't know if that makes. No, there's them. more money. They're making more money. They're doing more things for sure. I think there was a Ugh. report that said that they made like a trillion dollars or something stupid last year. Like they made more money than anybody else or something nuts. Yeah, no, and they, all traces uh, back to the O.J. Simpson trial. There you go. That's where Robert Kardashian was first uh, given the spotlight. And then all I was going to say, I was going to say something else, but I'll stop. There. What were you going to say? What were you going to say? I thought it all traces back to a, a, a video that was filmed with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> well, that too. That too. That, I thought that's where it all started for them. Well, but you know what? Nobody would have cared as much as the video if it didn't, it, you know, it all, it's like, you know, you, you trace the things, but nobody knew who Robert Kardashian was on a national scale or the Kardashian family until that all happened. So right, but the, but the, it wasn't about her. It was about no. the guy, right? The video. Yeah, was I mean, with there's a, a lot of sex tapes out there with a lot of people, but you know, PG yeah, thirteen. But, but he was but a he was a like very popular tape. rapper at the time. I think that was the whole key. He, he was, him. he was. Like I said, another career ruined by a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll take a quick timeout and come back and preview the AFC uh, uh, wild card games uh, tomorrow. We'll do the NFC. Don't go away. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this network can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. First, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then make a deposit and place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-FANTASY Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. The Monday Replay. Rewind. The Monday Replay. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. Hope you had a good new year and enjoyed yesterday. It's a, you know, it's a happy new year always for me. I always look forward to 2020. I don't do a lot of the uh, resolutions anymore because I'm very happy with where things are both personally and professionally. Um, But I got to tell you, when the bowl season comes to an end, that's kind of how I know 2020 is coming to an end. And really after yesterday with only a handful left, it's time to dive back into some of the NFL games. And of course uh, we have games on Saturday, uh, two big games on Saturday. And I I always have recency bias like everybody else. So I don't really recall Joe, but I feel like usually there's an AFC and an NFC game on Saturday. And it feels like it's been like that for the last 10 years. But this year, there are two AFC games on Saturday. Let's start off with this one here. Bills and Texans, they'll play this one in the late afternoon. Uh, I believe it's about 4.30 Eastern. The line open as the Texans being almost three and a half point favorites. It quickly went down to three. Uh, you can't get three anymore. <clears throat> it is two and a half. So, um, you know, certainly if you laid the three with Houston, then what they would do is, you know, have to win by three and you would win. The total is 44. Uh, so in terms of this game, Joe, I'll, I'll kind of start here. I, I feel like this is, to me, of all of the games, the easiest one, which makes me think I'm wrong. 
because I think the Bills cover and they, <laughs> I think the Bills cover and they win. This is the only game that I look at and immediately think I want to take Buffalo and I want to take the points. And usually when that happens, it's wrong. So, um, you know, the way that I see this game is I see Buffalo having rested their starters. Uh, they can run the ball. They're battle tested road home. They've beaten some really good teams. They've played very well against some really good teams. Houston, I think it's a it's a rare situation. And when I do the streams with Howard Bender, we talk about this sometimes. Is I think this this game in particular, you're going to know in the first few minutes of the game whether you have a shot with Buffalo, because Houston could come out, man, they could score 21 points quick, or this game could be seven three in the second quarter, and you go, okay, here's the deal. It was a coin flip game. It's going down to the last two minutes. Someone's going to win in the end. If the coin lands on heads or tails, that's the way you want to go. And in betting. Joe, that's kind of it. If you're if you're two minutes to go in the game and e- it could go either way, then no one really had a strong side either way on the game. It's more or less you know, a bounce, an interception, a fumble, a missed kick, a made kick. Uh, so there's a lot of people who think that's the way it's going to go. But ironically, the total is 44. And that's really high up from 40. It started at 40, went up. So that is telling you that perhaps some more points than people expect are going to be scored in this game. Of course, I think most people are going to lean toward the under. All the money is coming in now on the under after it's gone up. Public bet it up. Now they go back down. Uh, so that's kind of how I see this game, Joe. I look at the four games. I say I love Buffalo, which means Texans win. Well, I, this is not going to make you feel any better. I love Buffalo, too. So now you know you're wrong. So there yeah, you go. So trouble. now you should take all your money and move it over to the Texans. Um, look, Josh Allen is really the story here. And when he plays well, they win. When he doesn't, they don't. And they're not a team that can overcome that. Um, he's, you know, he's a guy that's able to run the football a little bit. He's got 15 touchdowns and six picks and a 95.9 QB rating uh, in those 10 victories. And in those losses, a 48% completion rate, 5.5 yards per attempt, just five touchdowns and three picks. So it's really about Josh Allen. If Josh Allen comes out there, guns a blazing, then you feel really good about Buffalo's chances to win. And I think that watching the Texans this year, we've all seen a lot of Jekyll and Hyde Houston Texans. We've seen them look as good as they did when they beat the Patriots at home and as bad as they did when they got absolutely obliterated by Baltimore. So you can say it's game plan. You could say it's personnel. You could say a lot of things. Uh, J.J. Watt, that scenario too, um, how healthy he is or isn't means a lot. Um, I think when you also look at, you don't have to worry about Deshaun Watson. He's fine. You don't have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins. Hyde's had a good year. So in terms of offense for the Texans, they're all pretty healthy, as healthy as you're going to get at this point in the season. And on the other side of this coin, you've got every system a go over on the Buffalo side. Every tool is available to you, both Gore and Singletary, both Beasley and Brown. So it's nice when you have all these teams that are um, that are healthy and all ready to go and all in a good place in terms of, you know, because you never want like a team like, oh, well, they're playing the backup running back. Or, you know, you don't get that full game that you were looking for. And I think in this one, the one thing that's different between these two teams is the defense. And the Buffalo defense, especially that secondary, have been harping on it all year, harping on it all summer heading into the season. That is one of the best, if not the best, secondary in football. They cover, they hit, they pick each other up. They have very good awareness of what's going on, and they make good adjustments, everything that you want. And this is a, this is a defense that's built from the back, up so it's it's not exactly the greatest pass rush defense but they can get pressure because they cover so damn well so i think they actually match up pretty well with the texans and i think that at the end of the day is going to be the problem is if they can take care of deandre hopkins and i think that they can or at least give him enough trouble to slow him down i don't see watson and the other weapons being able to beat the bills 
as long as Josh Allen has a typical Josh Allen game. And I don't know about you, Craig. Do you think that the Houston Texans defense at this point is something that can stop Josh Allen? Because I don't. I don't think so. But, you know, there's there's it's so crazy, like reading some of the trends. Um, here's what's so fascinating. First of all, last you mean year, betting trends or you mean football trends, just trends. <clears throat> yeah, just trends overall. Uh, all four road teams last year covered all four, every mm-hmm. single one of them last year. Um, rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are making their first start in the playoffs don't ever win. And, and it's like under 40 percent. So it's like you have so many things working for you with Buffalo, but you have so many things working against you. I think the Bills are going to win. But again, it's just it's scary to me to think that so many people think the same way as me. And that's kind of, um, you know, the way that I'm looking at this game. Uh, there aren't a lot of player props out, but we could quickly go through them here, Joe. Uh, odds to score first is basically the only thing that I found on FanDuel. Um, Hyde is seven to one. Hopkins seven and a half to one. Singletary nine to one. Josh Allen is nine to one, and Cole Beasley is ten to one. You have any uh, thoughts on that? Um, I would go with Josh Allen running the football in. <laughs> you know, that's that's I think always the best one uh, if if you can get that one. You said that was one of them, correct? I did hear you properly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's the way I would go. Um, okay. But I'll, I'll just one more quick note too before you move on to the next one. The other thing with the Texans is that offensive line, and they've played better at times this year, but they were incredibly weak in the beginning of the season. They do have a major injury with Lawson. I don't know how that's going to affect how much he's going to be able to play, but I'll tell you what: if he is not good and the Texans line starts to fall apart, this game is going. This game could get ugly. I think in that sense, like that's that's the one weakness. Where if you look at Buffalo, I don't see a lot of weaknesses. Houston has one glaring. And it's been the offensive line all year. Again, they've had better moments, but they are still not a good offensive line when you grade them out, when you look at the stats, when you look at the sacks, everything else, the hits, the rushes, all those things. All right. The second game, of course, where Joe will uh, be in a panic at some point in this game. There's no doubt. Uh, Titans and Patriots, New England (laughs) minus five and a half. Uh, Interesting line here on this one as well. As it, 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 it's, it's actually very varied in different places on this one. Um, I saw some fours, some four and a halves, some fives. Uh, it's back up to five and a half now with the Patriots at home. The total is 44 and a half. It's going up and down too. And most people, Joe, are on the smart people, just like Buffalo. Uh, virtually every smart person that I know is on Tennessee in this game. So, um, you know, when I look at the game, I, I mean, man, I just hate to go against the Patriots, especially in this spot, which is a home game in the playoffs with Brady, with Belichick. Uh, first start for Tannehill, coaching advantage clearly on the side of New England. And, you know, it's I, this one is the one that of the four that's driving me nuts. I think I have a beat on all on the rest of the games. I'm ready to pick all of them uh, against the spread, both uh, side and total. This is the one that's that's eaten at me. Because I do think that the smart side is taking Tennessee in these points, but historically speaking, this is this is the money spot for New England. Uh, the money spot for New England, by the way, is not next week if they advance. It's not the AFC Championship. It's not even the Super Bowl because sometimes they don't cover those games. It happens a lot. They win, but they don't cover in the playoffs. Their their regular season ATS record is fantastic, but their playoff uh, ATS record is not at all. So. I mean, I, I I tend to think Joe it's maybe the they way lost to the Dolphins. That's what that's your problem. Like they lost at home to the Dolphins. I'm not, I'm not willing. Out. I, no, I'm not willing. No, listen. Most people, the smart people, are taking Tennessee. The, and again, when, as it comes to an industry, I pay attention to this sort of stuff. And the and the people who do this well have taken the Titans. Um, 
But I, I tend to think that New England wins but doesn't cover. That kind of feels like the way that this is headed, like a one-point game. Brady has to rally that them. definitely feels the way it's headed because their inability to convert in the red zone or blow teams away offensively, they, they don't have the kind of offense that can win by a lot. So, yeah, that, that, that makes a, a real scenario. But in terms of just winning outright this game, I'm hard-pressed to, to see that the Patriots lose this one at home. Now, the rest of the ones they have lined up after this potentially are very bad. Deion Sanders was on talking about this, and he thought that this was the best thing that could happen to them was to not have a bye. And I kind of feel like he's right. Like, they need to get back, and they need to keep working and figure out how to get this offense right. And they might not have the pieces to do it this year, but I think they can get enough pieces right in order to beat the Titans. And I do think this is a tough spot for a quarterback who's never played in the playoffs before to go in there into New England and figure this out. And I know they lost to Miami last week. I get it. But if you think that loss doesn't stick in their crawl, you think the fact that they even lose two games in December and now everyone thinks the sky is falling in New England, if you don't think that Bill Belichick and everyone's going to rally in that scenario, <clears throat> then, I, then you haven't been paying attention for the last 20 years. Yeah, but there's no, but this is a little different. And you know, and you I know, know, I know you're you trying to make know. money off of it. And I get taking the Titan side of it. I get it. <clears throat> I totally do because I think the Patriots will win and it will be close. So yeah, they will probably I, cover I, the point. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to wait on this one to make a final decision and maybe see the, which way the line goes at the end. The other ones I'm, I'm pretty solid on. Well, what do you always say? You can't, if you can't make, if, if, if you feel like everything's going one way and you can't make money off it, is this the game you just avoid? It, it will be my least. It, well, we get to this point. It's, it's different than when we're giving out picks during the regular season where, um, and again, this is, I know that you do it on your podcast or whatever you do all the games. Like for me, I would never do that. Like to me, I think that you have to pass. On, well, we, on we games. give our opinion, but we say pass on. We, we do. Yeah. We okay, actually yeah. say pass on some. Yeah, games like, like of, of the four, like do, when the, in, the, in the playoff games, what I like to do <laughs> is try and give an opinion on all of them as opposed to the regular season. Well, that's what, yeah, so we limited say. left. We give but, a, we give an opinion about the regular season, but we can't. You can't. It's not it's not smart to say, yeah, that's a good game. Every game is not a good game. Yeah, you pick four or five. That's the way to go. But my of the four of the four games, this would be my least confidence pick of all of them. So I would uh, I can understand that. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the other ones. But this is a game of red zones because the Patriots stink in the red zone. The Titans are excellent in the red zone since Tannehill took over. So if the Patriots can stop them in the red zone, they have a really good chance of winning this football game because they're not the kind of, you know, they just they do match up well with A.J. Brown because Gilmore is going to be on him. So you're not going to worry too much there. It's just can you stop Derrick Henry? And, And if you can and you find ways to do that. And they just the, the Patriots just don't have the personnel on offense, so they kind of they keep running these gimmicky plays and these little trick things and stuff like that, trying to get something going. But I'm telling you, somebody has to step up in this offense. I don't know if it's Nikhil Harry, I don't know if it's going to be Julian Edelman, I don't know who is going to be. Somebody needs to step up in a big way. I do think the Patriots win this game. I do think it's close at the end of the day. We'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. Come back, talk more NFL playoffs, uh, some props on Fanduel. Don't go away. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this network can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. First, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then make a deposit and place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-FANTASY Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports today. Craig and Joe here with you. We got full-time fantasy coming up, 2 o'clock Eastern. Dr. Roto on a Friday, taking you into the weekend. Are you are you finished, Joe, with uh, your 
your FanDuel's, I'm sorry, your, yeah, the FanDuel Sportsbook shows at the Meadowlands, are you still going? Yes, uh, we are. There will be a pro football today with Mike Blewett. Uh, I have family coming in from California, so unfortunately I was unable to uh, host it with Mike. Uh, but I was offered, thank you very much, Mike Cardano, you're the best. But uh, yeah, I believe Mike Blewett, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's Dane or some other good folks over there will be doing some shows there previewing in the afternoon. So you can check that out on Zumo, on Pluto. And uh, on Stir, as well as on the YouTube channel at SportsGrid uh, as well. So uh, lots of opportunities to watch that and get you ready for all your wagering and all of your DFS needs. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the DFS football is fun. This is a fun weekend because you get the four games. You know, the next two with the four games is, is a good time. So I actually kind of like the short slate. It's, it's, it's don't get too fancy. That's the only thing I could say with that, because I think that's where people go wrong with this. Are you there next week or are you done? No, this is it. Nope. We're, uh, okay. we're, we're, we're on to Cincinnati, my friend. We're, we're okay. moving on. It's baseball season coming gotcha. up. That's where okay. we're looking. Okay. All right. Uh, here's a couple of props here. Now, this is interesting because it reminds me a little bit of, of playing the one and done uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy football playoff games where you pick your, you, anybody could pick any team they want, but you get the stats as they accrue. But once the player gets eliminated, it's like the guillotine leaks. And and I've participated in that for the last 10 years. I don't think I'm invited this year. I doubt it because I don't work there anymore. So I think I'm out. Uh, but the most playoff passing yards by a player in the playoffs, most playoff passing yards, they're interesting odds here for sure. Breeze is plus 160. Mahomes plus 550. Garoppolo plus 650, Brady plus 800, Lamar Jackson plus 950, Watson plus 1100. Anybody else after that, you're really, you know, diving deep, I would say. Now, look, Breeze has a great chance because basically, Joe, if he gets to the Super Bowl, you're going to win this because Breeze is probably going to throw for the most yards. Um, The assumption is basically even with Lamar Jackson potentially getting to the Super Bowl, He's not going to throw for more yards than some of these other guys, so therefore he's plus 950. And then, of course, you have Tom Brady, the sleeping giant. Who knows? Maybe he wakes up and you know throws for 400 yards against Tennessee. I mean, right. He could also play several games to get there, too. If you get so, could, so, so could anybody on this list. Well, so only could. Watson. No, Watson's the only other one. The rest of these guys all have first-round buys. I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so... I mean, it's really interesting because you're just basically you're looking at this and saying, give me the quarterback that gets to the Super Bowl, I think, because I Mm -hmm. think that whoever gets there, you're going to be on the right side. So, I mean, is it just as simple as saying take the long shot and take Lamar Jackson or do you go with the upside and take Drew Brees because he's the favorite? I think you take the upside and the smart money with Drew Brees. And then for fun, you put some money on Mahomes because I think that's the guy that could really do it. I really do. I, I think Mahomes is that guy, especially if you can get into a shootout with Breeze by the time they get there, the two of them. I really think it's I think it's Mahomes. I think the Chiefs are playing their best football right now. I think they are the hottest team in the NFL. I I understand Baltimore is the best team. I get it. I, I understand everything that Lamar Jackson has done has been incredible. But I feel like the, this is the Chiefs year. I think they're just hitting Everything at the right time where some teams get hot early and then they kind of fade down. I've been watching this team very closely the last six weeks and I just and I understand the numbers haven't been prolific for Mahomes this year like they have last year. But you see Damian Williams starting to catch the football and look healthy. And if he can add to that total 
by catching the football a little bit out of the backfield, which is something they haven't done very well this year, but they have done very well in the past. I think this is a Mahomes smart, like there, there's where you're making money is with Mahomes. Uh, Lamar Jackson, unfortunately, I think just from a statistical standpoint, isn't a great bet. He's a terrific talent, but it's not a great wager for this for passing yards. But Breeze is the smart money because we know, you know, that Drew Breeze is going to have the football in his hands and he's going to be in control of that offense. And he's the one that's going to spread it around and be that guy. And plus, you know, home playoff games are always good for Drew Breeze. So Breeze is the easy way to make money. But I think Mahomes is the one that that's that's the one from going outside of Breeze. Which way would you be going? Boy, it's a really, uh, really good, good question. Um I mean, the easy money is just taking Breeze and assuming that he gets to the Super Bowl. If he doesn't, you're losing this, I think. I think if he does not get, if the Saints do not get to the Super Bowl, you lose. And I don't think they're getting to the Super Bowl. So I will take Jimmy Garoppolo plus 650. Yeah, I can understand that one. And I understand the, the Lamar, look, if Mahomes and Breeze both don't get to the Super Bowl, I can actually see Lamar Jackson winning this too, the same way you just said Garoppolo, because it is possible that. When all said and done, the guy who just has more looks at everything is the guy who cumulatively wins. And maybe he does surprise you with some big plays, but um, I, don't, I, I don't know what it is about the 49ers. I just, I guess until they get to the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm still not buying in 100%. I'm mostly bought in, but I don't know. There's just something not right there. I don't, I don't know if it's the quarterback play. I don't know what it is. I just can't get to the whole 49ers are the best team in the NFC. I, I've been on the Saints since the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with the Saints now. I still yeah, think they're the team be. that gets there. It yeah. could be. It looks like they're the 49ers are going to play a close game in two weeks. I mean, they play every week. They play a close game. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, and they win them all virtually. All right. Uh, okay, so here's a question, and this is on FanDuel 2. I thought an interesting uh, prop here. By the way, uh, this is the uh, online version of FanDuel, so you have to be in New Jersey or West Virginia or um, Indiana, wherever they have uh, legalized uh, uh, betting, you can download the FanDuel app. You can actually download the FanDuel app now. As well. I can look at it. I just can't do anything with it. Uh, who will eliminate the uh, the 49ers, Joe? Who will eliminate the 49ers? And um, there was no prop here for, for no one here. I guess it's interesting, but uh, Saints plus 440. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Why isn't there? That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I guess that would just be bet the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. I guess yeah. they figure that's the cover of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saints plus 440. Seahawks plus 500. Packers plus 550. Ravens plus 600. Eagles plus 600. Vikings plus 900. Chiefs plus 1200. So the assumption is if they go to the Super Bowl, it would be either Baltimore or KC. And if they don't, you're kind of tinkering with the potential matchups here. And I suppose it appears as though, uh, provided that the Seahawks beat the Eagles, if the Seahawks beat the Eagles, then I think that it would be Seattle that would go to San Francisco again next week. Am I correct mm -hmm. by saying that? Yes. Okay, so which one of these teams do you like? You know... I think the best thing that could happen in a way is the fact that uh, they ended up with the one seed for the saints. I mean, and the, I mean that because going out of that building, I think is good for them a little bit. They they've got some ghosts in that building the last couple of years, even though they're so good in that building. And if I have the 49ers, I'm terrified of Drew Brees and Sean Payton coming into my house with 
knowing that they were just so damn close last year and they probably should have been there last year if not for some bad calls and some other, you know, small issues. I think that would be a terrifying thing. And I'm going to, in this type of year, time of year, I'm going to put my faith in the coach and the quarterback. And I think the best coach and quarterback duo is still Sean Payton and it's still Drew Brees. And I don't think the 49ers are going to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick with that. And I'm going to stick with the Saints being the team to do it. I know it's the less odds. I know it's the least exciting. Um, and if I was going to go further than that, I think once again, the, the fun money is on the Chiefs at plus 1,200. Because if the Chiefs beat the Ravens, I think they'll beat the 49ers too. I just think Patrick Mahomes is a handful, and especially for teams that don't see him very often. You can look at all the film in the world and when you actually have to, to suit up and play him, it's a whole different attitude. And he is just everybody. It's been the year of Lamar Jackson. He's the MVP. We all know that. But this time last year, all anybody could talk about was how Patrick Mahomes basically was ruling the league. And I'm not off that bandwagon yet. He is that damn good. So to me, I think the the best money is either at the very top of the board with the Saints or once again down at the Chiefs. In your opinion, do you think that there is a team here in this grouping or I guess uh, that one or two that you think have the best shot to do this? Yeah, I, I would take the long shot here with KC. That seems like a fair uh, shot here, I, I think. Um, look, a lot of this is trying to predict the future, which is almost impossible. But why not just take the long shot in this case, I think, if you are going to throw 50 bucks or 100 bucks down on this and, and give yourself a shot that San Francisco plays Kansas City in the Super Bowl, and then you can actually double down on that exact matchup and bet those two teams to get there and, and match up against each other. So I think that's a good shot as well. Um, so what is your schedule? Will you will you be able to watch all four of these games this weekend, Joe? I know you'll watch Saturday night. Dude. I will be watching Saturday night. Like I said, we got family coming in, so um, that's we got to do the family stuff, but I'm sure the game will be on in the background there. Now on Sunday... Gets a little wacky because my daughter's got basketball. It starts at 1.30. So that's kind of tough. So we got 1.30 to 3 o'clock basketball. So I'm going to miss probably a good chunk of the Minnesota Vikings uh, versus the New Orleans Saints, which looks like a very uh, fun game there. Um, right? That's Viking Saints one. That's that's the. Uh, yes, that's the first one. of. The that's the first one. Too. And then you've got, and then the afternoon. I'll be able to see that one, but um, I, I uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the kiddos come first and uh, daddy is uh, one of the assistants and helps out there just like Craig Mish helps out at the little league. There so go. I got to be in there to help rebound and do that stuff and make sure that the, uh, are you a big rebounder? Uh, a huge rebound. Like the Dennis Rodman of rebound. I'm, I'm unbelievable. It, uh, it helps that they're all seven and eight year old girls. Yeah. I was going to say I'm much taller. So that helps, you know, they, you know, you'd think they'd play more physical, but they don't, you know, <laughs> you're boxing, Joe P's a P of blocking out and boxing. That's right. Out. See that. well, I'm like in Billy Madison, you know, like, you know, when he's like in the dodgeball court right. uh, hitting all the little kids. That's me. No, it's, it's actually, you know what I like most about this? And I feel like this should be more youth sports. They teach the fundamentals of the game. They're teaching them where the paint is, where this is run to this, run to that. They're teaching them how to have their hands up and move laterally to play defense. They're teaching them how to bounce pass. They're teaching them how to move around with the ball and understand what's going on. I hate when youth sports just throws kids into games. Youth sports should be about teaching kids games, not about winning and losing of the games until you get to like, 
know, when you get to like 11, 12, 13, that's, that's fine. That's where it should be about. I just feel like the instruction just falls way short in youth sports and everybody's getting instruction on the side or they're paying for it. So if I get, no, you join these leagues to learn the game. I'd rather them practice and play and do drills and stuff like that and play a four inning baseball game or five inning baseball game than play a seven inning baseball game where no kid knows what the hell's going on. Yeah, I, I and that's the great thing about that, and that's why I participate in it. You participate in it, and um, it gives us a chance to be a little competitive too. A little bit later on when we're done playing. All right, uh, we got plenty more to play with here on the show. We got the best of the first hour coming up next. We will dive back into some football in hour number two. Uh, is the wrong team favored? We'll play that in the show. Some baseball discussion as well. Fantasy sports today continues after a two minute break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And also, don't forget to like and subscribe to our show, whether you're listening live on the Fantasy Sports Radio app or also on the iTunes uh, in terms of a podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us, Android, Google Play as well. Also, live listening on TuneIn and iHeartRadio, wherever you are listening. Thanks for doing it. We'll take a short break. Be back. Don't go away. with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this network can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Here's how it works. First, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, then make a deposit and place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it up to $500. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-FANTASY-SPORTS today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Houston, I think it's a it's a rare situation. And when I do the streams with Howard Bender, we talk about this sometimes. Is I think this, this game in particular, you're going to know in the first few minutes of the game whether you have a shot with Buffalo. Because Houston could come out, man, they could score 21 points quick. Or this game could be 7-3 in the second quarter. And you go, okay, here's the deal. It was a coin flip game. It's going down to the last two minutes. Someone's going to win in the end. If the coin lands on heads or tails, that's the way you want to go. And in betting, Joe, that's kind of it. If you're if you're two minutes to go in the game and it could go either way, then no one really had a strong side either way on the game. It's more or less you know, a bounce, an interception, a fumble, a missed kick, a made kick. Uh, so there's a lot of people who think that's the way it's going to go. But ironically, the total is 44. And that's really high up from 40. It started at 40, went up. So that is telling you that perhaps some more points than people expect are going to be scored in this game. Of course, I think most people are going to lean toward the under. All the money is coming in now on the under after it's gone up. Public bet it up. Now they go back down. Uh, so that's kind of how I see this game, Joe. I look at the four games. I say I love Buffalo, which means Texans win. Well, I, this is not going to make you feel any better. I love Buffalo, too. So now you know you're wrong. So there yeah, you go. So now trouble. you should take all your money and move it over to the Texans. Um, look, Josh Allen is really the story here. And when he plays well, they win. When he doesn't, they don't. And they're not a team that can overcome that. 
Um, he's, you know, he's a guy that's been able to run the football a little bit. He's got 15 touchdowns and six picks and a 95.9 QB rating uh, in those 10 victories. And in those losses, a 48% completion rate, 5.5 yards per attempt, just five touchdowns and three picks. So it's really about Josh Allen. If Josh Allen comes out there, guns are blazing, then you feel really good about Buffalo's chances to win. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.